Welcome, everybody. John Aravosis here with the Aravosis Report, here to talk to you about Ukraine and the latest. Let me get things on TikTok rolling here, and then we will jump right in. Mirror, there we go. The TikTokers are about to join us. Um, as we're waiting for them, maybe folks, as always, kind of give your little hello and where you're hailing from. Um, and I'm going to wait for the TikTokers here, notifying them. There we go. Richard, you're the first TikToker. Welcome. Um, so how's everybody doing? We are at Friday. I'm feeling pretty good. Had a little, little procedure earlier this week, but I'm doing tea. So the tea is making me feel a little better. Oh, the Ukrainian shirts are for sale, may I just say. Woo, woo, woo. I'll get to this. Well, I'll tell you guys right now. I We were able to locate. I'm ab about to jump in. Typically what we do here is I do about 20 minutes of news and then um, 20, 30 minutes, and then we do Q&A. But just to show folks, we were able to locate the Zelensky green shirt. Literally, the shirt he wears, the brand he wears, the style he wears. This is the shirt. The brand is called, I left the tag on, the brand is called Combat. It's got something on the shoulder for a badge, something on the Velcro on each thing. And it's also got like a cool little pocket that zippers up and down. They're literally the Zelensky shirts, and we are auctioning them off in my Discord. Uh, it's discord.aravosis.com. So I thought I'd wear one today just to kind of show it, but I've got my t-shirt on, so I'm not getting it dirty. <laughs> anyway, uh, let me dive right in. We'll talk more about the auctions later. So welcome, everybody. I am John Aravosis. This is the Aravosis Report. Uh, this is my show Monday to Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, U.S., and we talk about Ukraine, the latest news, and then we'll do question and answer. Uh, to submit your questions, thank you for the hat already, Mr. Setterman or Ms., uh, to submit your questions on TikTok, Go to my profile, hit the Q&A button, submit them there on YouTube and everywhere else, submit them at the bottom there. And finally, the best thing you can do to support my work, give gifts, which would be super chat questions, uh, super stickers, uh, gifts on TikTok. And I will always do a shout out when I see the gift and follow me. Very simple. Just follow me on TikTok, please. Right now, hit that button. You guys over there as well. And um, let's get rolling. And uh, let's get rolling. So, okay, guys, the one of the big stories today that just broke, although I've got to say, it's a confusing story, and to be honest, it confuses me a little, and I still can't get a straight answer on it. Um, the G7, which is uh, seven of the largest economies in the world of democracies, it always has to include de democracy, so China would not be one of them. Thank you, Kanausi there. Um, seven of the largest economies in the world got together, uh, thank you, Al, and along with Australia, they have set a price, a fixed price to buy Russian oil at. And the idea here is to try to limit Russia's oil sales, but not boycott them entirely because the world needs Russia's oil. We need oil. It is very confusing. It still hasn't been very clearly explained how this is going to work. But the idea is rather than oil being, say, $100 a, a gallon, a gallon, $100 a barrel, they might set it at $60 a barrel so Russia doesn't get as much money. They just agreed to the price that they're going to charge. Let's see how this works or pay, I should say. And let's see if it even works. We don't know. This is a new idea they're trying. Um, Financial Times. I was going to start with a story, kind of an awful story, but... I just thought I'd mention it because I think it it goes to a much larger picture of what's going on in Ukraine that folks need to know. Um, according to the Financial Times, very good British paper, a woman, 
uh, a woman named Tatiana Mordrenko, Mudrenko, 56 years old, was publicly executed. They hanged her on the streets of the uh, Kherson Oblast because she criticized the local police for collaborating with the Russians. Now, Kherson is this region in southern Ukraine. It is occupied by the Russians. Now, just to recap, right, the Russians stole Crimea in 2014. They are occupying all four provinces over here as well. These are the four provinces that Russia claims they annexed a few weeks ago. By annexing, I mean they claimed, you know, magically they made them all part of Russia now. No one accepts it. They didn't. But Kherson is the province here. There's been a lot going on here, a lot of fighting. We're going to talk about that in a minute. And a lot of partisan activity. And when I say partisan, I don't mean Democrat or Republican. I mean the military term partisan, which means private citizens acting up and basically attacking the occupiers because the Russians are occupying. Well, this woman didn't even attack. This woman simply spoke up, criticized the police, and said, Skadovsk, which is her town, Skadovsk is Ukraine. It's part of Ukraine. That's all she said. They hung her publicly in response. That shows you what's going on with this Russian occupation. Now, thank you, Run For You, for that, um, and loyalty as well. Now, the next story up here, uh, this is interesting. Okay, so talking more about Kherson. Every day I sort of explain this to you guys because I think it's important, and um, I'm assuming we sort of get a different mix of folks every day. Kherson is a province that you will keep hearing about. I would say it's probably the most important battle that's going on right now in Ukraine, okay? As I said, Kherson province is here. Um, the fighting that's taking place, the really important stuff, is right north of the river. This river, uh, the, the Dnipro River, cuts through Ukraine. It goes all the way up, literally cuts Ukraine in half. Here's Kiev, the capital. Comes all the way down, all the way through. Bup, bup, bup. Most of Kherson is south of the river. There's a portion of the Kherson province, Kherson Oblast, that is north of the river. That's where the fighting's going on right now because the Ukrainians are trying to take back this northern region. Um, it's uh, very important strategically because the, the capital of the region, which is also called Kherson, is right here north of the river. Um, strategically important because the Ukrainians want to get this area back in order to defend Odessa, which is over here. Very big, very important Ukrainian port that the Russians someday would like to take. And if the Russians are stuck south of the river, it makes it a lot harder for them to do a land attack against Odessa, right? So that's really important. Well, the Ukrainians have been doing a really good job pushing the Russians back here in Kherson. And the big question now becomes, will the Russians abandon the town of Kherson or will they go for an all-out fight? And that's what we don't know, okay? The Russians gave initial indications that they were withdrawing and going south of the river. Now, mind you, in this whole area of Kherson, the Russians have got something like 70,000 troops, okay? When I say Kherson now, I mean the whole oblast, the whole state of Kherson. North of the river, they've got maybe 20,000 of those 70,000 troops, so it's much fewer. Well, because they've got the river right down here, it can be, well, they're in a difficult situation. The Ukrainians have been bombing the bridges across this river for a couple months now. So it now, the Russians can probably cross on foot across the bridge, but they can't take their vehicles, they can't take anything, okay? So the Russians are in a really bad situation here, fighting here, and the question for the Russians then becomes, do they keep fighting, or do they withdraw and go south of the river in order to basically 
uh, fight, you know, live to fight another day. Now, Putin, we know historically in this battle in Ukraine, has not wanted his troops to withdraw, even though the military commanders felt that it was important for the troops to withdraw because they were fighting a losing battle, right? Um, so the big debate now is, when I say debate, I mean amongst intelligence officials, are the Russians really withdrawing? Are they willing to abandon the town of Kherson or are they withdrawing citizens and some of the you know equipment? I mean, things basically they even stole they even stole last week uh, the fire engines from the town of Kherson. They literally drove the fire engines out and drove them south of the river to steal them. Right. But they but do they still plan on fighting now? Uh, let me see here real quick from the Washington Post. Russia's military command has withdrawn to the eastern bank of the Dnipro. I call it the southern bank, meaning they've left that northern area, leaving demoralized and leaderless men to face the Ukrainian assaults, Western officials told reporters. In other words, this is this is kind of hysterical. I mean, I say hysterical in a sad way. The Russian military leaders left that northern area that I was telling you about, and they fled south to safety. They left their 20,000 troops up there in the north. <laughs> they left the troops, but the commanders all fled. So now the troops are basically demoralized and leaderless and don't know what to do. One thing that's really important to remember here is that the Russian military operates much differently than uh, uh, NATO militaries and actually much differently than Ukraine's military. Thank you, Run For You. The Russians have a very top-down military and pretty much very senior leaders tell everybody how to fight and what to do. Thank you, Al. So that the guys on the ground, and in Russia, it's guys. In Ukraine, it's men and women, but the Russians, it's mostly men. The men on the ground don't really know what to do unless they get orders from very high up. And it makes them not very nimble and not very agile. So when the commanders all abandon them and flee to safety, the guys don't know what to do. And if they don't get orders on what to do, they 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 really can't take it upon themselves. Thank you, CFI, for that. So this is a big deal that the Russian leaders have basically fled to the South. The question now, and I'll, let me read you this real quick. Western intelligence assessments are reasonably confident that the Russians do intend to withdraw. Uh, this is from a Western official. I think that in their judgment, they've decided Kherson City isn't worth fighting for and that the natural defensive barrier of the river is extremely valuable to them. This would be a big deal. Uh, thank you for the bracelet there, the necklace there, agates. This will be, keep an eye on this in the coming weeks. This will be a big deal if the city of Kherson, not the, not the whole region, but if the city of Kherson falls to the Ukrainians, and when I say fall, I mean they recapture it, that's going to be a big deal. It's going to be uh, a big embarrassment for the Russians, and you're also going to find a lot of the Russian hardliners really not happy with Putin. And I can pretty much guarantee you Putin's going to blow up even more electricity and go after more citizens in response because he's going to be embarrassed. Um Oh, so yeah. So let me tell you more now. So we've got, I've got a Discord set up, discord.aravosis.com. We do a number of auctions there. 50% uh, of the auction uh, money goes to support my work. 50% goes to support Ukraine. And two of the things I wanted to show you that we've got auction, which just came in from Ukraine. My friend Vlad in Ukraine was able to get these United 24. This is a fundraiser uh, set up by the Ukrainian government. These are wristbands set up from Azovstal Steel. 
This is the steel from that steel plant where the 2,000 Ukrainians fought the 14,000 Russians for two months. What the Ukrainians did is they took the last batch of steel from that plant and they made bracelets and they're selling them. They... God, they go for like 40 plus dollars in Ukraine. We bought them. Vlad sent them to me. But if you check it out, you'll see it's got the it's got the Ukrainian trident in the middle. It says is Azovstal, meaning from Azovstal on the front. So anyway, we're auctioning these off over at my Discord, discord.erevosis.com. And the other thing we are auctioning off, if I may show you, and then I will continue with the news. We found the Zelensky shirts. These are literally the shirts that Vladimir Zelensky wears. It's called, the brand is Combat. They're made in Turkey. Um, they've got, uh, these are the patches. I've got these patches myself, but it's their Velcro. Oops. Their Velcro here. You put the patch on. And the other cool thing is it's got a zip pocket here. So we're auctioning these off as well. I've got a handful of them. They're very cool. They're very cool. I mean, this especially, what bummed me out is this would have been great for Halloween, wouldn't it? <laughs> I didn't get these until right after Halloween, but with the patches especially, I mean, too freaking, and they fit nicely too, actually. What I like too, it makes me look like I have a chest. <laughs> um, you know, we don't want to get Russian army shirts. I thought about it, but then I was thinking, you know what? Russian stuff could be kind of creepy. You know, it, it, it looks like it's nowadays, it looks like it's kind of glorifying them. All right, let me go on with the, uh, with the rest of the news here. So the Russian forces have imposed a 24 hour curfew in Kherson. Again, Kherson is this region down here occupied by the Russians. Um, a lot of the fighting is going on here. What is interesting is the Russians have instituted a 24 hour curfew because they say they're trying to stop terrorist attacks from happening. What they mean is that partisans are fighting back. And when I say partisans, I mean uh, private citizens. Basically, when you're occupied by a foreign power, okay? This happened in France. Uh, it's happened, I mean, all over the world. When you're occupied by a foreign power, uh, some private citizens decide to help out and they don't publicly fight, but they basically become spies, right? They become collaborators. Well, some of the citizens working with Ukrainian intelligence, especially in Kherson, the region I just told you, they have been literally blowing up Russian soldiers and blowing up collaborators. And when I say collaborators, I mean Ukrainians who are working with the, working for the Russian occupier. So it's, it's like literally the Russians come, they take over your country and you've got local citizens who say, you know what? I'm going to help the occupiers. Well, the Ukrainians have been fighting back and blowing these people up, and they've been doing it quite effectively. The fact that the Russians have instituted a curfew in that region and that they're saying it's to stop terrorist attacks is actually a good sign because it shows that these partisan attacks by the Ukrainians on the Russians, by Ukrainian citizens, are having an effect, and they're scaring the Russians. So Mention that story just to point that out because I think that's good news. Oh, I also forgot to mention, um, just to reset, I am John Aravosis. This is the Aravosis Report. Uh, it's my daily show Monday to Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern Time U.S. And uh, the best way you can help me with my news reporting, because I'm doing this for free, uh, your guys' support, is to follow me. Please follow me on TikTok. Please follow me on the other apps. And if you can support my work with gifts, I would very much appreciate it. Um, you would be surprised, but the gifts on uh, on 
YouTube for the super chats and the gifts like you just did the hat there, Sparky, those gifts actually bring in some decent money. Um, it's actually been really helpful to support my work. So thank you for that, guys. And I will keep thanking you when I see you do the gift as a thank you. Um, let me see here. Putin claims that they now have, uh, thank you, Marseille. Putin claims that they now have 318,000 new troops. Uh, 40, these are now from the, uh, thank you for the Friday thing there, Don. Uh, you know how the Russians had the, uh, thank you, Annie, how the Russians had the, <laughs> you're, see, you're all throwing the gifts now. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Um, you know how the Russians were mobilizing and they basically said they were going to try to mobilize 300,000 new men. And by mobilizing, I mean pretty much drafting. Well, uh, they called it off the other day. They claimed they got enough. Putin now claims that they've got 318,000 new troops. I will say this. The Russians tend to lie. I'm looking. Wow, beautiful sunset today. Oh, I love the sunsets I get here in the fall. Unfortunately for you guys on uh, YouTube, you can't see it as well. TikTokers, I think you guys can see it. It's just a glow. I mean, it looks painted. Absolutely glory. I'm a, I'm a guy who loves a great sunset. What can I say? Um, the Putin's claiming 318,000 new troops. Thank you, John. I'm not convinced he's telling the truth. Um, you've always got to keep in mind with the Russians that they just don't tell the truth about these things. So take it with a grain of salt. Okay. Um, he says 49,000 are already in combat, meaning they've been sent to Ukraine. Um, Russia is funneling the newly drafted conscripts to the front line in Ukraine's East, which is something we had already heard. They're putting a lot of the troops out East. Thank you, Sig Sauer. Um, but so far, according to a Ukrainian general and Western analysts, Russia's newly intensified attacks have proven ineffective and high Russian casualties are expected. In other words, the Russians have put thousands of new troops in eastern Ukraine, but these are the new troops that have not been trained, right? A lot of them were sent without even weapons, but they haven't been sent with training. They got at best like one day of training, right? So they don't even know how to use their weapons. They don't know how to use the equipment. And so far, the Western analysts are saying it's been ineffective putting the troops there, but also they're expecting, we are expecting a high level of casualties. Exactly. Yuppers is saying on, um, on TikTok, cannon fodder. That's exactly it. The idea of cannon fodder is pretty much people's bodies that you just throw and you don't care that they're going to get killed. And that's unfortunately what's going to be happening to these troops. I mean, I say unfortunate, obviously I want Ukraine to win, but I do think it's sad when a, a government doesn't even sort of stand behind its own troops. And I don't think the Russian government cares about its troops. Um, oh, we got our first whale of the day. Thank you, Kathy. Gorgeous. Thank you. You know what I tried to do, guys? I tried to grab, uh, I checked my my video later because uh, TikTok saves a copy, but it doesn't show the whales and stuff. So I was going to show you guys on YouTube what the whales look like, but unfortunately, you got to go over to TikTok for it. Thank you, Kathy. That was it, 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 incredibly generous. Oh, that's right, the wave. I'm sorry. I always am supposed to do the wave when we get the whales. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, actually, if someone's going to do a whale, if you next time you're if well, and I don't want to ask for them because they're expensive, but if somebody's going to do a whale, if you give me a heads up, I actually can tape it and then I can show it to the folks on YouTube because I just want to show people how cool it is. Uh, let me go on next story. Or actually, yeah, if somebody can screen record, try just to screen record the show. And if somebody does a whale, that way you guys can send me a copy. 
just because I think it'd be neat to show everybody. All right. So the Russians may be prepared. Oh, this is a bad story. So the Zaporizhia nuclear plant, okay? The Zaporizhia nuclear plant is a Ukrainian plant that the Russians uh, occupy. The Russians are in control of it. Oh, here, oh, we got another whale. <laughs> Thank you, flower lady. Okay, hoping somebody grabbed that. <laughs> Hopefully somebody got that. Thank you, flower lady. You know I love you. Pre oh, and the, and the wave, sorry, the wave, wave, wave. <laughs> okay, Arnell, thank you. Perfect. Well, I want to see if you can get a video of it, though. You see if you can email me the video. Uh, it's just aerovosis at Gmail, my last name. All right, so the Zaporizhia nuclear plant, guys, the Zaporizhia nuclear plant is located right here on sort of this little tip sticking up right south on the south, southern end of the Dnipro River right here. And the Russians pretty much control what is south of the river. North of the river is free until you get over here, and this is where all the fighting's taking place. But right here, the nuclear plant is being controlled by the Russians right now. And as you may recall, there's been a lot of concern about basically the Russians bombing the plant, okay? And what's happening now is uh, I, I, our analysts are getting worried that it looks like the Russians are getting ready to basically steal the plant entirely. Uh, thank you for the butterflies there. What I mean by that is uh, the concern is, oh, <laughs> we got another whale. Thank you, Bonnie. God, I love those things. They really are gorgeous. They're absolutely, they do a really cool whooshing sound too. Um, thank you. This is great. Now at least I'll be able to email and have show you guys. Um, actually, if you email it during the show, I'll try to pull it up on my uh, on my phone so I can show folks here. So what's going on with this Operation Nuclear Plant? It looks like the Russians are preparing to switch it to the Russian power grid, meaning steal the power for Russia. Um, what what all of this kind of comes together now? One, they've been attacking the plant. They just this week attacked the plant and cut off the power to it. Uh, thank you, Sashimi. They cut off the power to it so that the plant had to go on its backup generators. The plant gets electrical power that it uses to run the water through the plant that helps keep the nuclear fuel rods from overheating, right? Nuclear fuel rods overheat, meltdown, disaster, right? So the, the, the Russians uh, bomb the plant. They cut off the electricity. And it had to go back on uh, backup power, diesel generators to keep the water flowing. Well, what they now think, thank you, Wei Ray Cray. Remember, we've been asking for a while now, why would the Russians keep bombing the plant if the Russians are in control of the plant? It didn't make sense. It just didn't make sense. Well, now what, what the experts are saying is that it looks like Russia's doing this in order to justify stealing the plant entirely. Think about this. Oh, well... The power got knocked off again this week. The Ukrainians had to go on diesel power just to keep the, the water running, the coolant, so that the rods wouldn't overheat and you'd have a nuclear meltdown. Clearly, this is the Russian argument, clearly the Ukrainians can't keep the plant up. We need to connect it to the Russian power grid and the Russians can guarantee enough power so you'll never have a meltdown, right? Right? This is what the Russians are doing. Um, Additionally, what the Russians did, they recently claimed that they thwarted a Ukrainian terrorist attack against the Ukrainians' own nuclear plant, right? So what's going on is, unfortunately, the Russians are creating a case to basically steal the power and hook it up. Mind you, let's say one thing. The Russians have committed so many war crimes. Thank you, Run4. 
they've committed so many war crimes now that it's a little weird that the Russians even feel like they've got to justify why they're going to steal an entire nuclear plant. I mean, they're literally bombing women and innocent women and children and old men too. So the idea that they wouldn't just steal a nuclear plant, but in any case, they're trying to build up the argument as to why they're going to steal it. But the concern is in the next 15 days, the Russians may be getting ready to steal the plant entirely and just hook it up to the Russian system. Um, I'm going to, let me look one second here. I'm going to see if I've got the, uh, dee, 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 dee. I'm going to look in my email to see if the, if the, uh, if the whale appeared just so I can show you guys. Cause I do think the whale is pretty cool. Uh, in the meantime, as I'm trying to download that, um, oh, here we go. Thank you, Ashley. All right. Let's see here. All right. Just cause I think it's so, here's the whale. It's so, hold on. I'm going to put volume up. Actually, let me turn this off. Being controlled by the Russians right now. And as you may recall, there's been a lot of concern about basically the Russians bombing the plant. Okay. And what's happening now is. Uh, I, I, Sorry, guys. We're showing the whale to the people on TikTok and YouTube. Is that not cool? I love that. I love the sound of it, too. I just love the sound of that thing whooshing through. Now you all know on YouTube why we keep saying the whale is so cool. <laughs> it's the whoosh, and, and you've got to see it in an iPad because on the iPad it's even bigger. So it's this beautiful high definition, this beautiful high definition thing that comes soaring right through. It's totally cool. All right. So um, let me go here. Oh. Let me reset again. John Aravosis here with the Aravosis Report. Um, I do a daily update Monday to Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, about the latest news from Ukraine. Uh, typically, the way the show goes, I do about half an hour of news, which we're almost done with, actually. Got a few more news stories. And then we will switch over to question and answer, where I take your questions for about half an hour, and we talk more about Ukraine. Um, one thing to let folks know, we've got, we have a store set up where we're selling a lot of Ukrainian-themed goods. Thank you, Kathy. Uh, T-shirts and sweatshirts, uh, hoodies, basically, and T-shirts. You can go check those out at store.aravosis.com. So my last name, store.aravosis.com. And we've got a lot of really cool ones. Check them out, uh, including some new designs that are really pretty cool. You'll, you'll, you'll see what I mean. Take a look. They're very hot. Um, great Christmas gifts. So morale, the UK Ministry of Defense. Thank you, Crusher. The Ministry of Defense for Britain, uh, in their most recent intelligence update, says that uh, morale is an ongoing problem for the Russian troops. Uh, the combat shirt is not in the store. The combat shirt is over in my Discord. Uh, it's a, it's an auction item over in my Discord, discord.aravosis.com. And I've got many of them, so I will be, you know, will be auctioning more off. Uh, actually, hold on a second here. I've got a quick little question or comment from Rachel Hynett. Uh, per the BBC 24 minutes ago, the Russian Federation to conscript recently released prisoners, including murderers, rapists, and drug dealers, got to be bad if they're cons uh, conscripting them. Yes, that is absolutely the case. I'm trying to see, you know what? I, it's funny. Thank you for reminding me, Rachel. I was going to mention in the, uh, in the story I did on this. So listen to this. Uh, Putin has also signed a law. Thank you for the butterflies. Putin has signed a law allowing citizens with convictions for serious crimes to be called up for military service, according to TASS, which is, you know, uh, the Russian publication. 
even before this law, Russia was continuously conscripting convicts to fight against Ukraine. Um, Rachel is correct. They, you know, look, if Russia really got 318,000 new signups like they're claiming, they wouldn't need to be conscripting rapists and drug dealers and murderers. They wouldn't. I mean, you don't want people like that in your military. I mean, you are talking about people coming in who can't get, I mean, again, murderers. And the thing is, here's the thing, you know, you might think as a private citizen, you might think, well, murderers, that would be great for a military. I mean, military has to shoot and kill people. The problem is soldiers have to work together as a unit. They've got to trust each other. They've got to be confident that the guy next to them or the woman next to them, if you're a Ukrainian military, is going to protect your back murderers and rapists are not exactly the most trustworthy people, right? So uh, these are not people, you, you also have to know that when you give an order, it's going to be followed. I would not want to turn my back on a murderer. So it is, it is evidence, I think, and it's what Rachel's saying as well, that Putin isn't telling the truth when he's saying how many new troops they've got. If they've got to, if they've got to recruit murderers and rapists, they weren't able to get the quotas they needed. There's no, there's no way, absolutely no way. Um, so UK military intelligence due to low morale and reluctance to fight Russian forces have probably started deploying barrier troops or blocking units. Listen to this story. This is from the British ministry of defense. Listen to this, these units. So the Russians are putting units in place. Okay. With their, with, with the other troops they're deploying these units threaten to shoot their own retreating soldiers in order to compel offensives and have been used in previous conflicts by Russian forces. They are putting, they're sending men to the front line. And then behind the men at the front line, they're putting more men whose orders are to shoot the men at the front line. If the men at the front line turn and try to run, so if they turn and try to retreat, not even run, if they turn and try to retreat because things are going so badly, they've got, they've got to get out of there. The guys behind them are there expressly to shoot and kill them if they retreat so that the Russians won't retreat. I mean, this is, again, you are not building up trust in your military when literally you're there <laughs> and you know that the guy behind you is there to kill you. I mean, it's it's insane. It's absolutely insane what they're doing. Um, recently, Russian generals likely wanted their commanders to use weapons against deserters, including possibly authorizing shooting to kill such uh, defaulters after a warning had been given. I, I, yeah. Again, I will say, I feel sorry for some of these Russian troops, but this is good news for the Ukrainians because it's another example of just how badly things are going for the Russians. Uh, just to reset again, I am John Aravosis. You're watching my show. This is my daily update Monday to Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, where we talk about the war in Ukraine. I give you the latest news, my analysis on it, and then we do a question and answer period, which actually we are almost at. Let me have another sip of tea, two quick stories, and we'll do the question and answer. So... Uh, some good news from China today, I would say. China said today that no one should use nuclear weapons in Ukraine. Uh, per the New York Times, the international community should, quote, oppose the threat or use of nuclear weapons, advocate that nuclear weapons cannot be used, and that nuclear wars must not be fought and prevent a nuclear crisis in Eurasia. This was a statement from the Chinese Ministry of Foreign Affairs. Now, thank you for the happy meal there. 
even though China did not mention Russia by name, this is, I think, a big deal because the Chinese are a big ally of the Russians. And for them to be saying publicly, nobody should be using nuclear weapons in Ukraine. Look, we know who they mean. China doesn't think America is going to use nuclear weapons in Ukraine. China doesn't think Ukraine's doing it because Ukraine doesn't have nuclear weapons. There's only one party that the Chinese are talking to, and they're talking to the Russians. This is helpful. It's subtle. But again, when you're dealing with China and diplomacy, things are often very subtle. Uh, Asian countries as well, for that matter, things are often are very subtle. It's a good start. I think it's a very good start. Uh, final story here. Oh, this is actually another important one. Uh, the Pentagon says that the U.S. has no evidence of American aid being embezzled or basically stolen in Ukraine. Uh, the U.S. personnel in Ukraine, excuse me, have conducted multiple inspections of American security assistance supplies over the last few months. Voice of America reports Pentagon spokesman Patrick Ryder said the U.S. doesn't have any evidence of widespread diversion of its security assistance in Ukraine. Uh, that's important because. Uh, the Russians certainly have been trying to put the story out there that, you know, the money's being stolen and all this kind of stuff. And the good news is uh, the U.S. did a big assessment of it and has found no widespread abuse. So, yay. All right, guys, let's do the Q&A period. Um, on TikTok, you can use – go to my profile. You'll see a little button that says Q&A. Use that to submit questions. On YouTube, you guys know how to do it. You can use the Super Chats or you can simply just submit questions there. Uh uh, thank you for, for the little flying guy there, Jay Marie. Um, the other thing, what I always like to do for starters, for people who are, Starlink is still av available in Ukraine, Annie, yep. Um, what I like to do, thank you, Sashimi. What I like to do uh, on TikTok first is people who subscribe on TikTok, basically meaning you pay six bucks a month to be a subscriber. You get the little SNN logo next to your name. I like to take uh, those questions first. So I'm going to hit the subscriber button. If any of the subscribers have questions, why don't you type them right now? Um, it's because it, I have the button clicked, so I only see your comments at the moment. Thank you, Jen, for the hat. And that way I can get to maybe one of your comments first. <laughs> <laughs> that was ridiculous. The hamburger, the, uh, the hot dog. Thank you. <laughs> that was just bizarre and funny. Thank you, Ped, for that. Um, but yes, yeah, so if the subscribers have a question, otherwise, you know what? Let me jump. I will then, in the meantime, jump to my TikTok here and go to my Q&A and see if any of you guys have posted questions here. Uh, do the patches come with the shirt? No, they do not. Um, you can purchase them separately. Yeah, what I've been doing is I've been just people were asking because I've got this. I found this. <laughs> thank you for the headdress, baby shoe. I found the, the, the actual Zelensky shirts that he wears. And they've got Velcro on the side for military patches. We also got military patches uh, bought. They're actually they're literal Ukrainian military patches from Ukraine. But I'm auctioning all of these things off with half the money going to Ukraine, half of it supporting my work. And the patches as well, we're auctioning off. So we're doing them. I may I may do a shirt in the future that has two patches on it. Um, let me see. Let me see. But either way, you know, there, it's still a cool shirt without the patches, but it's way cooler with the patches. Um, and you can, uh, the auction's going on right now on my Discord, and it will continue to go on, discord.eravosis.com. I've got a number of shirts that I'm going to be auctioning over the next, really, two months up until Christmas. Uh, again, cool Christmas gift. And it's a cool-fitting shirt. This this is, well, they call it a large. 
it's a medium basically because I wear mediums. Now I am wearing a shirt underneath it so I don't get it dirty. So it's tighter on me. But as I say, it gives you a nice chest. So you can't complain about that. Um, let me see here. I'm just looking to see questions here. All right. Let me go here then. Another deep, 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 deep. What are your thoughts of possibility of nuclear war in the U.S.? Um, depends what you mean by that. I, I don't think there's a nuclear war that the U.S. is going to get in at all. That's not going to happen. Um, the question is, would Russia use a dirty bomb or a tactical nuclear bomb, meaning a small nuclear bomb, although let's face it, small, you know, <laughs> you know, um, small, it's still a nuclear bomb. Would Russia use either of those in Ukraine? If Russia did, then America would enter the war. NATO would enter the war. Absolutely. Um, I don't know what the shirt's made of, actually. Either. It's stretchy, but nothing on it says what it's made of. So I couldn't, couldn't the Turks, those Turks, they don't label well. Um, the NATO would enter the war, but I do not think we would enter the war in a nuclear way because it wouldn't make sense, right? Let's, let's say the worst example, Russia uses a nuclear bomb in Ukraine. Well, we're not going to use a nuclear bomb back in Ukraine because we'd literally be nuking Ukrainians, right? So that doesn't help, right? And the land you nuke ends up being unusable. Um, I was reading about this uh, a couple a couple weeks ago. If a, even a dirty bomb, which is a conventional bomb that has nuclear material tacked on, but these bombs go off and the land that they contaminate has to be dug up. You would have, you would have to dig three feet into the ground dig up that dirt and dispose of it somewhere as nuclear material. Buildings in the area would have to be knocked down and the building material, like what's left of the building, would have to be packaged up and again, buried as nuclear material, right? So you're, you're not gonna, trees, trees, they would have to get rid of all the plants in the area and the plants would then be nuclear material as well that would have to be stored somewhere. So America and NATO are not going to respond with a nuclear weapon in Ukraine because we'd be destroying Ukraine. Secondly, we're not going to respond with a nuclear weapon to Russia because that's a nuclear war. And no one wins a nuclear war. And I don't mean that metaphorically. I mean that literally. Russia's got nukes. We've got nukes. The Brits and the French have nukes. We've got enough nukes. And as I always point out, we also have nuclear submarines, meaning... If Russia were just to nuke the hell out of America and destroy the entire country, our nuclear submarines would survive and we'd nuke the hell out of Russia. If we were to attack Russia and literally kill 99% of their population with our nuclear weapons, their nuclear submarines would survive and they would attack America and kill our people. Now, horrific scenario. The good thing about that scenario is we know the Russians could hurt us. The Russians know we could hurt them. So generally speaking, the theory is, and it's worked since the 1950s, has been because we both know we could destroy each other, neither of us is willing to use our nukes. And it, 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 it's called mutually assured destruction, mad. Ironically, it's called mad theory. Okay. So I don't see America getting into a nuclear war with Russia. I also, in the end, don't see Russia using the nuclear weapons because in the end, Russia uses nuclear weapons of any kind, even a dirty bomb, and it forces NATO into the war. Russia is having a very hard time executing this war. We know this. Whether you think Russia's losing, whether you think Russia's tied, at this point, it's not like Russia's winning. 
Russia, now mind you, mind you, Russia does control 18% of Ukraine, okay? So they got something going for them. I mean, you're talking Russia controls 50% of this province, excuse me, almost 100% of this province, uh, 50% of this province, 50% of this province, and now I don't even know if it's down to 80% of this province and 100% of this. So Russia still controls 18% of Ukraine, but they're losing every day more and more. And the trajectory, the the uh, sort of the, the forecast of where things are heading is not good for Russia at all. So um, I forgot where I was going with that. Oh, yeah. If Russia were to use a nuclear weapon, NATO gets involved. And then what happens? Russia's now no longer just fighting Ukraine. Russia's fighting America and Germany and France, right? And England and Norway and Poland and all these countries that basically can kick Russia's butt. They don't want us in the war. So that's why I think in the end, all the threats that we're seeing from Russia about nuclear war and everything else, I think it's a bluff. I think the best Russia can do is scare the hell out of us. And you're also seeing this with some of the Republican members of Congress, although I will say Republicans have still been very supportive of Ukraine, I'm very happy to say. But some of them, like Marjorie Taylor Greene, some of the more far uh, far crazy ones, are saying, you know, we're not going to give any more money to Ukraine. Um, you know, whatever. I don't even want to talk about her. All right, let me see. There was a question here from Sky Queen or a comment. This may be old news and it may not even be real, but what was the deal with Biden getting annoyed with Zelensky over something? Yeah, I ran across some talk about it the other day, so I don't know if it's real. I think it's real. Uh, this story came out about a week ago and basically it was that Biden talked to Zelensky. Their Webadeb is saying June. I was going to say June or July. Biden talks to Zelensky in June and Zelensky is telling Biden and says, look, you know, I appreciate all the assistance you're giving us, but it feels like you're giving it to us a little bit at a time and a little bit at a time. And, and I think Zelensky's right. And you keep telling us things you can't give us. And then three, four months later, you change your mind and give it to us. Why don't you just give it to us now? And, and Biden allegedly got very angry and was like, we're giving it, we're, don't get remember. I think the story is BS. What I mean is, I think the White House leaked the story. I think that's true. But I think the White House, this came right after we were hearing, uh, you know, concerns among Republican members of Congress, stuff like this. So it makes me wonder if it wasn't Biden kind of putting the story out there saying, oh, I've been tough with Zelensky, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's all I can figure. But, um, you know, it's Biden does have a temper, though. Biden is a temper. So it's possible that Biden kind of chastised him. But that's what the story is. That's what the story is. Ah, yep. let me see here again. Subscribers, did anybody throw a... Nope, you're all talking amongst yourselves. That's okay. Remember War Games movie, Tic-Tac-Toe, and the only way to win is not to play? Well, that's the, I mean, uh, Magical Photo is saying, uh, the, the movie War Games, very good movie. It was big when, when I was a kid. Um, any of you who don't know, probably 1980s, I want to say, with Matthew Broderick and, uh, oh my God, I love her, Ellie Sheedy. And Ellie Sheedy follows me on TikTok, which I think is just so cool. <laughs> it does. It makes me so, not TikTok, on, um, on, on Twitter. I was so excited. I was like chatting with her once. I was like, I'm sorry, I don't mean to do this. But like, 
you know, I was such a, like, <laughs> I love you. Anyway, it's a wonderful movie. The two of them are great. And it basically is about nuclear war and, and how, uh, Basically, the only way to win a nuclear war is not to fight it at all. And I think it's true. And that's what I was just saying. You don't win a nuclear war by starting a nuclear war because the other guy is going to fight back. It just doesn't it doesn't work. You do it by basically threatening people. And that's what I think Russia is doing. Russia is bluffing and threatening. That's my take. Um, let me see here. Um, let me see. Uh, tired guy, do you think Russia may nuke Kherson, hence the so-called evacuation, could be a way to lure in Ukrainian forces into the city and get them into a place where they are concentrated? I saw somebody else suggesting that, you know, it's possible, but I still think in the end, Russia knows that if it attack, if it uses a nuclear weapon in Ukraine, it's over. NATO's going to enter the war. I mean, we don't have a choice. We don't have a, the reason we don't have a choice isn't because, you know, we're worried about Ukraine, although we are. NATO cannot afford, not NATO. I would throw Japan. I'd throw China in here too. We can, the, the international community cannot afford the precedent being set that, that once again, using nuclear weapons is acceptable. You know, we used it in World War II 70 years ago. Nobody's used it since. It has now become sort of the, I don't even want to say conventional wisdom. Thank you, Beverly. But it is now the way things are that you don't use nuclear weapons, right? You may build them. You may use them as a deterrent, but you don't use them offensively. You don't use them proactively. If Russia were to do it, the international community would have to come down on Russia like a ton of bricks in order to send the message to everybody else out there. Don't you dare use nuclear weapons in your battle. And Russia can't afford for us all to get involved in the war. One analysis I saw today, which was interesting, is that possibly the reason the Russians are, are, are basically evacuating civilians from Kherson, again, just to remind folks, Kherson is this region over here. Uh, the Russians occupy it. A lot of fighting going on north of the river here. And the um, the Russians north of the river have been evacuating some of the administrative folks, their collaborators, but also a lot of citizens. They've been forcing citizens to basically, they've been forcing them to evacuate. And then they loot their homes and all sorts of things. What I read today was part of the reason the Russians might be forcing the Ukrainian citizens to evacuate Kherson isn't necessarily to set off a nuke. It's because the Russians know they've got a really hard battle for the city coming up and they don't want Ukrainians there who are going to be basically serving as spies for the Ukrainian army. They don't want them getting on their cell phones and taking pictures and saying, hey, there's a Russian camp around the corner. There's this. We just saw a HIMA or, you know, a rocket system going this way. They don't want them providing and and they don't want them basically being uh, uh, doing the partisan work they do where they blow things up. You know, basically blowing up Russian military equipment, things like that. So that may be why they've been um, why they've been kicking them all out. Uh, just to remind folks, I am John Aravosis. You are listening to the Aravosis Report. Uh, this is my daily update, Monday to Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, where we talk about all the latest news from Ukraine. Thank you for the heart there. 
Um, I am independent media doing this on my own. Uh, nobody's supporting me other than you all. And I appreciate your support. Please do follow me on TikTok and everywhere else. That's probably the number one thing you can do. Second thing you can do is please keep giving those gifts, the super chat questions, the gifts on TikTok, all the fun stuff. Um, that actually, thank you for the origami L. That stuff actually does add up uh, money in creators' pockets. And finally, I will make a pitch too for subscribing on TikTok. Uh, finally trying to build a subscriber list because I will give you guys a chance to get first dibs at questions, but also TikTok now has a uh, beta feature that they gave me where I can do lives just for my TikTok subscribers, meaning the paid subscribers, the SNN folks, SNN Sasha News Network named after my dog. So I did one already. Um, maybe I'll set one up for this weekend. I think I should. You know what? Let's do one. I'm going to set this up right now with you guys live. Let's do one tomorrow morning at 11. Let's do it at 10.30 a.m. Okay? Let's do it 10.30 a.m. tomorrow morning. Um, and I will just go live and we'll hang out and have coffee and talk. And it'll be just for the, uh, just well, it is fair for everybody else because these guys are paying six bucks a month. So it's my way of thanking them. Um, so yeah, we'll do a 10 30 AM with you guys. It's the breakfast break. Um, so thank you for that. I was already forgetting about that. All right. So let me jump right in again. More questions, more questions. We've still got another 10 minutes here. Um, it's just an added bonus for the subscribers to thank them. Otherwise I don't do weekend shows because I'd lost my voice at one point. So I'm, I'm being very careful to not do that again. Um, Steph Knowles is saying, did you see the story that ran in the guardian in just nine hours, the Pratula Foundation raised 5.5 million from private donors to buy 50 FV-103 Spartans used by the British Army. No. Now, what? let me Google this. What is an FV-103 Spartan? I am not always as up on the weapons as I wish I were. FV-103 Spartan. It is a tracked armored personnel carrier, so kind of like a BMP maybe. It was developed as the APC variant of the Combat Vehicle Reconnaissance. The vehicle can carry up to seven personnel, including crew members. Um, rather than a general personnel carrier, the Spartan has been used for moving specialist teams, such as anti-aircraft missile teams. Um, very cool. Oh, wow, I did not know that. That's so cool. Yeah, Pratula Foundation is, I believe he's um, a famous actor or comedian or something who basically has been, if, if he's the guy I'm thinking, a Ukrainian who's been raising money, but that's crazy. In nine hours, they raised $5.5 million. That's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Wow. Wow. Um, what else we got here? Now, that's interesting. Elise is saying about a week after Russian soldiers start to have frostbite, do you think we could see surrenders of whole units? You know, Elise, what's interesting with that is um, in, okay, the Russians invaded February 24th, okay? That first month was very cold. I mean, freezing cold for the Russians, right, in Ukraine. And one of the intercepted phone calls, because there's a lot of intercepted uh, uh, you know, interception, interception, <laughs> but a lot of intercepted phone calls going on from probably U.S. intelligence, Western intelligence, the Ukrainians as well. And there was a Russian soldier talking about the fact that his unit of 300 men, 150 of them had frostbite on their feet. Their feet were frostbitten. Um, their 
their medic had nothing to treat the frostbite with. All he had was bandages, and he didn't even have enough bandages to treat all 150 guys. But even so, your feet are frostbitten. If all you've got are bandages, you've still got frostbitten feet. And I mean, I can't imagine anything worse than frostbitten feet because what do you do? You can't even walk. So, you know, whether they end up surrendering, who knows? I think what's interesting we've got to consider is the Russian morale is a lot worse today than it was back in February when they invaded. When they invaded in February, a lot of them maybe didn't even know what they were doing. I mean, the Russians didn't tell them what, what the war effort was, but they came in, they like, they probably like us believed they were the great Russian army. Remember second, thank you, Jen, the second best military in the world, right? So they came in all cocky and everything else. And, and we're going to beat these little Ukrainians, you know, and they've even got, I won't even say the name. They've got like a nasty little nickname they use for the Ukrainians. Thank you, Jen. And what happens? The Russians get their butt kicked. And that first month, remember that first month around Kiev, the capital, sorry, chapstick on my lips, the Russians come down all the way to the capital and then almost right here. And then they get kicked out all the way back and they lost a ton of troops. Remember they lost that huge convoy that they had the 40 mile long convoy. So as this war has gone on, the Russian morale has gone right. Especially now that they've been losing more and more land, losing more and more troops. They've got the new troops who don't even know how to fight. I think it'll be very interesting to see this winter now with with Russians getting frostbitten, with with you know uh, not having enough supplies, mind you, they're probably not even going to have enough food either. Um, to see what they do, do they just thank you, Andrew, for that? Do they just surrender? Now the Ukrainians have set up a hotline for Russian troops to call um, in order to arrange their surrender, and uh, allegedly some have. Um, and basically, actually, we do know some have because there was a video released. I think I showed it to you guys, or at least I put it on my TikTok that showed what was clear. Thank you, Annie. That was clearly uh, an arranged surrender of Russian troops arriving with uh, and like an armored personnel carrier or a BMP of some sort. It, it basically looks like a tank, but it's not a tank, but it looks like a tank. It's got like the gun, like a tank, like a turret. And they were coming very slowly around the corner. The Ukrainians were already sort of waiting for them. They came around. The Russians had a white flag. They made them disembark. It was clearly organized. And what, what they must have done is the Russians phoned up in advance and said, okay, look, I'm Russian. I'm with my other guys in the tank or whatever. We want to surrender. We don't want to fight. What do we do? And they give them a specific location, how to do it. And they did it. They did it. You know, so yeah, no, they've got the numbers set up and obviously they're not going to tell us how many Russians are doing it because they probably want to keep it secret to a degree, the Ukrainians. But, um, you know, did you see the Russian prisoner who was crying because they were being nice to him? No, no, not Lynn. What you mean? The Ukrainians were being nice to the Russian. I did not see this. No. Now I will say, I mean, the one we have seen one example here. Thank you, Purnell, for that. We've seen one example, and actually the UN found one example of a Ukrainian war crime against Russian troops, and it was against two Russian troops. Troops, And I, I think maybe they shot them. Remember, there was a video of it. And again, all of us criticized it when we saw it. The UN investigated, and the UN said, yes, that was the one example they found. 
they found nonstop examples of Russian war crimes against Ukrainian troops and Russian war crimes against Ukrainian citizens. But there was only the one against the Russian troops. So I would not be surprised if, generally speaking, the Ukrainians are... And actually, by the way, it's in the Ukrainians' interest, and it's in the it's, it's bad for the Russians. It's in the Ukrainian interest to be good to Russian troops that surrender because you want other Russian troops to say, you know what, you know, Joe surrendered and they treated him great. He got food. <laughs> he got he got vodka. He got a nice place to stay till the end of the war. And they even told him if he wants to become a Ukrainian. I mean, I, I'm going to guess some of these guys, they may even say, look, if you want to stay, you can stay. Right. But you want other Russian troops to say, I could either sit here, like Elise said, and get frostbite or I could surrender and these guys are treating me okay, right? I mean, it's it's what you don't want is what the Russians have been doing to Ukraine. You remember the horrible video that came out um, a couple months ago that showed a Russian soldier, or, or I should say a member of the Russian military, castrating a Ukrainian soldier and then shooting him in the head dead. Filmed it all. I, I refused. I saw a picture. I refused to watch I had enough other people I trust who watched it and told me about it. And they all said, oh, yeah, I, I refused to watch it. I couldn't watch it. But as I said, I had other people watch it. So I know it's it's true. And what that does, that tells the Ukrainians, you never, ever, ever. Thank you, No Trip. You never, ever, ever want to get captured by the Russians because they could do this to you. And what does it do? It makes the Ukrainians fight even harder and it makes them possibly be even crazier. Right. You know, it, it, it makes you literally, you know, if you'd be willing to risk your life at that point, I mean, in a way that you might not normally have been willing to do. So it's not the kind of thing you want to be sort of having people do in any case. So, yeah, I hope I hope the Ukrainians have been um, treating the Russians right because it's the right thing to do. But also it's smart. Uh, let me see here what we got. If the war were to end tomorrow, says Rob, how many years has this 8.5 month war set back the Russian military? I don't know how many years, but from what I one thing in particular I read was the number of Russian uh, uh, officers who have been killed has been so great that it could potentially have set the Russians back decades, especially because of the number of uh, generals who have been killed that you're talking to be a general. Right. I mean, what, 30, 40 years? I mean, how long are you in the military, right, to be a general? 30 plus years? Um, that it could, yeah, I mean, Dark Chef is saying a decade. I know for the generals, it said that was a huge setback. But the officer corps overall, now one of the things they were saying about the officer corps as well is the more officers that get killed, you therefore don't have anybody to train these new guys who are coming in. So all these new 300 troops that they supposedly got, Who's going to train them? Because all of these guys got killed, you know? So, you know, we'll go a couple more minutes and then we'll call it quits. It's a slower night tonight, I can tell, but that's okay. Uh, just to remind folks, I am John Aravosis. You're watching the Aravosis Report, uh, my daily update on what's going on in Ukraine. And then we do a little half hour Q&A, which we're doing right now, question and answer. Um, we'll do a couple more questions and then we'll call it quits, guys. Exactly. Defenestrated. Exactly. Um, since Russia is weakened now, will China invade Siberia? See, now that's an interesting question. The really interesting thing is going to see, you've got Russia weakened in two ways. One, they are 
to a degree, a that's right, and I'll do a recap, to a degree, a paper tiger in that people are now, countries around the world are now seeing that Russia ain't as powerful as we thought it was. That's the first big problem Russia's got. The second big problem Russia has is they've lost a lot of men and they've lost a lot of weapons. They've lost a lot of their top, at least their top men, if not killed, have been injured or they're exhausted, right? So that's different. Um, the uh, A lot of their weapons have been destroyed, their top weapons. So if you were another country that were thinking of, of a military issue with Russia, now would be an interesting time to consider it. If you were China, if you were somebody else wanting to, if you were Japan and you wanted to get the, the, uh, the Kuril Islands back, right, that are northern Japan. If you were Azerbaijan and Armenia, for example, right? I mean, it, it, if you think uh, Georgia, if you think of these countries that have got sort of territory that they want to get back or they want to get the Russians out of, now is an interesting time to do it. The only thing is, if you're going to do it, you better have the military power to do it. You know, China probably can, but, you know, would the... Now, actually, I will make this final point, too, with China. China still has to worry that, sure, China could go into the Russian Far East and steal some minerals, but Russia is still a nuclear country. So if China were to come in, excuse me, my eyes, if China were to come in and try to steal some of Russia's land, would Russia use a tactical nuclear weapon to stop the Chinese? They might, you know, and then China's got nukes, too. So if you're China, maybe you don't do that, you know, but, but it's certainly, if you're Russia... You're in a worse position now than you were before because you've lost a lot of men. You've lost a lot of equipment. Your current men you've got are very tired, the ones who lived, who aren't injured. And the world just got to see that your military just isn't that good. You know, that even the guys you've got, they're not that good and your equipment isn't that good. That is bad. It also doesn't help you sell weapons either. Um the New York Times is saying Putin is in bad health. Seriously, Jeff, is that true? Where was that? Was that like recently? I'm going to Google this really quick. Putin health. Um, eh, I'm seeing it in, no, I'm seeing it in fake publications, so to speak. No. New York Post, we don't believe. Nah, it's in all the goofy publications again. It's not in the real publications. Now, I mean, a Russian intelligence source viewed by the sun, there's no way in hell I would trust the sun publication in the UK. I wouldn't trust that. Nah. If the New York Times reports on it, then I'm willing to consider it, but not the sun. Nah. Um, um, I'll go to Discord for a little bit, Motek. I'll go a little bit. Not too long, just because, as I said, this... My tea is keeping me awake right now, but because of the, I had a little nose surgery earlier in the week that was not, it was not a nose job, but it, it definitely makes me a little, uh, it's making me a little tired. Um, yep. All right. Hey, Pete, have a good night. Thank you for joining us. Let me look. I am going to finish up in a second here. I'm just seeing if there's anything else to, to talk about here. Yeah. Parkinson's. Yeah. I, you know. All right, let me do a quick, I'll do a quick, um, what am I binge watching? I am binge watching ER right now. Thank you for that. I just, I've, I've, I was looking at Hulu and I didn't realize that all the shows that I've wanted to watch again, ER, 
um, St. Elsewhere, amazing hospital show that I haven't seen since I was a kid. They've got St. Elsewhere. And the third one, they've got Hill Street Blues. So I was like, oh my God, I'm going to get, I'm going to like, and this is, mind you, back when they had 24 uh, episodes a year on these TV shows. So yes, I'm watching ER again. It's really good. It's really good. Uh, Jan, you did come in one hour late. We're wrapping up. Well, what I'm doing right now, which is not such a bad thing, I'm going to do a quick summary of the news that I spoke about today. And at least it gives you a sense of what we talked about, which isn't a bad thing. So here's the quick summary, guys. Reuters, uh, the G7 and Australia have agreed to set a fixed price on seaborne Russian oil shipments. Uh, this is an effort to cut back on the amount of money Russia takes in. Uh, the Financial Times says collaborators in, in uh, Kherson, collaborators meaning Ukrainian citizens working for the Russian Occupation Authority, have publicly hanged a woman for speaking out against Russia. Uh, the Washington Post says Russia's military command has withdrawn to the eastern bank of the Dnipro River and leaving demoralized and leaderless men to face the Ukrainian assaults. In other words, the Russian leaders have fled south of the river and they've left all their poor men north of the river to fight on their own. Uh, Russia has imposed a 24-hour curfew in occupied Kherson which is good news, actually, because it means, again, they're worried about partisan activity. They're worried about citizens uh, attacking them. Uh, Putin now claims that 318,000 new troops have been created through the mobilization and 49,000 are already in combat. But take all of that with a grain of salt. Western experts think that the troops that are in combat don't know what they're doing and they're not well trained. And unfortunately, they're being used as cannon fodder, basically meaning the Russians are throwing them in, in as, as warm bodies who are going to get killed by the Ukrainians. Russia, there's a lot of evidence that Russia may be preparing to shift the Zaporizhia nuclear plant, Ukraine's nuclear plant, over to the Russian power grid, in essence, stealing its power away from Ukraine. Um, the UK Ministry of Defense says morale ain't so good in the Russian military. Things are so bad that there are reports that the this is insane. There are reports that Putin doesn't want his troops to retreat when they're fighting the Ukrainians if they're losing. So Putin is sending a, he's sending the troops to fight. And then behind them, he's sending a cordon of Russian troops that exist only to point guns at the troops in front of them and shoot them if they try to retreat. So he's sending people to fight like Team A. Team B stands behind them. And if team A says, this is going so poorly, I got to get out of here, team B shoots them. Not only does that show that morale is not working well, but it's a great way to kill morale by knowing that your fellow soldier might be the guy assigned to kill you. It's just, it's crazy, absolutely crazy what they're doing. Uh, China says that no one should use nuclear weapons in Ukraine. That is actually a very good thing from China to say. Um, and the Pentagon, last story, says the U.S. has no evidence of American aid being embezzled in Ukraine. I will uh, make one final pitch to you guys. As I said, I've got a store set. Actually, a couple different pitches. Generally speaking, you can go to erevosis.com, my name, erevosis.com, and you'll find my Patreon if you want to support me. You can just go subscribe for a monthly donation. I would really appreciate it. Also, if you go to the Patreon, um, you can... Uh, you can tie it to my Discord. Discord's free. 
but I've got extra benefits for paid subscribers. Um, you can do that too. It's discord.erevosis.com. I've got a store set up with some really cool t-shirts and hoodies, uh, all Ukrainian themed. You can find that at store.erevosis.com. All of these, by the way, you can find at erevosis.com. Just go there. It's my link tree. It'll show you everything. And the final thing I'll show you again on the Discord, I am doing auctions on the Discord and oh, actually three things. I didn't show you the other really cool thing I've got for the discord. I'm going to hold on a second. I'm going to show you this. I think it's really cool. My friend, a couple different things. My friend Vlad in Ukraine, who's helping us do a lot of the, uh, the fundraising sent me. Oops. I'm trying to do this very carefully. Sent me a collection of Patron, the 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 mind-sweeping dog. This is the really famous dog. I think he's a Jack Russell, who's a mind-sweeper. And it's a couple different things, like some really cute envelopes. This one cracks me up because it's Patron peeing on a Russian bomb, which I just find hilarious, this envelope. But the stamps are, I mean, it's absolutely gorgeous, the stamps. And it just came out. And it includes the top stamp is Patron peeing on the bomb. <laughs> but I've got these as part of the auction. Another thing we're auctioning off are these bracelets from Azovstal, the steel plant where the 2000 Russian troops, excuse me, 2000 Ukrainian troops were fighting the uh, 14,000 Russian troops for two months. Remember and that steel plant being bombed and the Ukrainian government turned around and got the last bit of steel that was exported from the plant. Cause it's a steel plant and made these bracelets and the bracelets have got the little Ukrainian trident in the middle. Um, you can see, you have to just kind of see it in person. It says from Azovstal on the top. And uh, 10,000 of these were made by the Ukrainian government, limited edition at this point, 10,000. We bought three of them. Uh, they're like 40 bucks each, actually. So we bought them. Vlad shipped them here. We're auctioning these off. And the final thing we're auctioning off on the Discord today, like I said, is we were able to get Zelensky's a uh, green shirt, which is what I'm wearing. It's literally the shirt. Hold on. I'm going to see if I can pull this up. I was going to show you uh, the picture because I've got it on my, uh, Oh, hold on a second. I think I've got it on here. It's the shirt that Zelensky wears. He has a couple different green shirts, but this one, um, oops, hang on. Yeah. Where is this? Here he is. Here it is. One second here. So, you can see this is this is Zelensky wearing the shirt because you can see the zipper on his uh, sleeve. See the zipper on his on his left. It literally is. It's the same shirt. The brand is Combat. I've still got the thing on there, and it's got Velcro, so you can put the the patches. These are patches that we're auctioning off as well, real Ukrainian patches, and it also has a really cool zipper pocket here. It's it is it's the Zelensky shirt. I mean, it's not even like it. It's the brand. I, it was funny. I I had reached out to Vlad in Ukraine and I said, wouldn't it be, I said, you know, I said, a friend of mine was asking about these shirts. You wouldn't be able to find them. Literally two hours later, Vlad sends me a picture. I was like, how the hell did you find this? So he bought a bunch of them, sent them to me here and we're auctioning them off. So anyway, very cool. Like I said, it's, uh, I'm not selling them with the patches. The patches were auctioning separately, but it's still cool without the patches. But I mean, I love this with the patch. It's absolutely, but I'm wearing it with a black shirt, so I'm not getting it dirty. 
Anyway, all right, guys, let's go over to Discord. <laughs> I know, I want one too. I told Vlad, I was like, I'm auctioning this batch, but you need to buy me one, my nephew, and my friend <laughs> once this is all over. Um, let's go over to the Discord. We'll hang out for a little bit. Uh, we just go and hang out to the Discord and talk. It's discord.erevosis.com. This dude fake, this dude real. And by the way, you're supposed to write dude, D-O-O-D. <laughs> this dude fake. I have to laugh really quick because that was a Russian troll. One of the t-shirts we're selling actually says, um, Russia is loosing dude because the Russians kept coming on to our TikToks and stuff. And they would keep saying Ukraine's losing, but they would never get the word losing right. And they would say loosing, L-O-O-S-I-N-G. So, so we, Wendy, who's amazing, Wendy Turner, one of our, our people here, uh, one of our, uh, my subscribers or one of the, you know, uh, one of our viewers is a designer. She designed the shirt that says Russia is loosing, dude, because the other thing they always say is they say dude or bruh, like they're trying to sound American. So right there, like it's fake, dude, because they're trying to sound like they're, you know, they're American except that it doesn't quite work. Like you wouldn't say it's fake, dude. It just, it, it's never quite right. So anyway, go to the store, store.erevosis.com. You'll see what I mean. We've got the Russia is loosing, dude. It's very cool. Um, all right, guys. Uh, tomorrow though, like I said, I'm going to set myself a time. Hold on. Set an alarm for 1020 AM. There we go. I'm setting myself an alarm. So I will, so I will hear it and go, what's going on. I will join the TikTok subscribers tomorrow at 1020 AM. We'll hang out for coffee for half an hour. Um, anybody who's there on TikTok right now, just become a subscriber. I don't even know how you do it. Do people know how, is it easy to do? Does anybody who is a subscriber maybe want to just say in the comments on TikTok how one does it? Cause I've never quite known how you do it on your end. Like, what do you see? Make scones? No, I know how to make scones. I want to know how to uh, become a subscriber on the, the news network. Yeah, I don't know how. Uh, what do you do? Top right star. Okay. It's on my profile. Click the star on the top left. Click subscribe at top of screen. Okay. People are giving all sorts of different answers here. <laughs> um, okay. Okay. Thanks, guys. Yeah. And then, okay, good. You guys can explain it. But then, yeah, I'll, uh, as a thank you, we'll do a hangout tomorrow. And it's nice because it basically gives me steady monthly income, which is nice as well. Um, all right, guys. Oh, if you're broke, that's okay. I don't mind. You know, I mean, you guys, I don't want people to put themselves out, of course. All right, guys, I am going to sign off. I'll go over to the Discord for a few minutes. Um, they're sold out right now. Ooh, interesting. Interesting. I don't know, Sean. That's interesting. No, we when it first came out, I found it and I was like, Vlad, you know, they were like 43 bucks. And I said, Vlad, get three of them. I said, I, th I think people might like them. So he bought three, but I didn't want to buy more than three because they were $40 each. So I didn't want to buy like 10 of them because I wasn't sure if you guys would like them. And I just didn't want to buy $400 worth of bracelets. So we got the three and then it's written on the back in Ukrainian and I hadn't read it until literally yesterday. And in Ukrainian, it says, um, oh no, Ukrainian isn't where it is. I went to their website and their website says it's a limited release of, 
of um, 10,000. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I had no idea. People are trying to get 120 to 150. You know, I'm auctioning them off. People can pay what they want. Highest bidder will get them. And as I said, half the money will go to support my work. Half the money will go to support uh, Vlad and the work we're doing there. So, you know, we'll do it that way. I don't want to gouge people, but if people want to pay that as a contribution to me and to our humanitarian work, that I'm cool with. But, um, and I even thought it would be kind of fun to put one on. I'm tempted to put one of these shirts and maybe one of these uh, Ukrainian things on eBay just to see, because I'm kind of curious, would it work or wouldn't it work? You know, part of the problem you get with eBay is you guys know me. So, you know, when I'm telling you literally, first of all, you can, you can look at the pictures to find this is the shirt, but you know that I didn't fake this. I literally bought it from Ukraine, right? If it's on eBay, people don't know who I am. You know, they're saying, well, is it real? Is the shirt real? But I think I may try it just for fun, just to see. I would be willing to include lunch with me. The problem is most people aren't in DC, you know? Um, so that's the only issue. I would probably auction off a lunch with me. Maybe do that. Yeah, the, the auction's already pretty high. Um, so, but I mean, well, there's only three of these. We only bought three of these. So once the three are gone, they're gone. But the uh, the shirts, I've got about 10 of them. So we're going to keep auctioning them off. And then if they're really popular, which I assume they will be, we're going to, uh, I may have Vlad send more of them. I was just thinking for Christmas, it might be nice to get the shirts, like to auction off a number of them now in the next month in case people want them as Christmas gifts. Otherwise, Vlad can easily get more of them. And then we, you know, we can keep selling them in, we can keep selling them in January and February and March as far as that goes. You know what I mean? But I just kept thinking for Christmas, it might be cool. All right, guys, let me go and go over to the Discord because I'm already talking too much here. All right. All right. Oh, no, this channel, Jill, does not support uh, the Russians. But thanks for asking. Bye, Jill. You're not coming back again, Jill. <laughs> Natasha. All right, guys. I'm going to sign off here. Thank you all so much today. Thank you for the gifts. I know. Well, actually, last point I'll make about these shirts. The funny thing is because they're made in Turkey, I'm wearing a large. I wear a medium. The large fits me. I've got a T-shirt underneath, but the large just fits, and even it's a little tight. Without a T-shirt, the large fits me perfectly. They're one size, two. They're off, so we've got... In real American sizes, we've got four smalls, four mediums, and two larges because I thought they were the real sizes. So Vlad's going to probably end up buying more larges and a few extra larges as well. Now, I'm, I'm going to probably have him do it because my suspicion is – actually, I'll ask you this one last thing. My suspicion is these things are popular enough that we should probably get more. Yes? I mean, am I wrong? Or I think they're pretty cool. Well, see, it depends on the person. I think it's neat. Waste of money? Well, depends what you like. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. I may ask Vlad to get more of them then. Yeah, I will. Because you know what we can do? We can get um, we can get some more larges and some extra larges. And that way, because I kept thinking Christmas. I wanted to make sure we had enough for Christmas. But you know what? If we don't get them all for Christmas, then I sell more of them in January and February too. Thank you, Dyke. Dyke. <laughs> um, you know? What have you done for Ukrainians? I've raised $73,000. 
for Ukrainians. What have you done for Ukrainians? Don't ban him. I want to I want to see the answer from Appalachian Hiker. $73,000 in humanitarian aid and I didn't touch a dime of it. So what have you done? La 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 la. I'm just sitting here waiting. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Bye Appalachian. Yeah, funny how quiet they get. I'm a lawyer too. Never ask a question when you don't know the answer to it because <laughs> you might be surprised by the answer. All right, guys. Thank you so much. You're amazing. Love you all. Um, I'm going to hang up and let's... Oh, not talking to me? I thought she was. Oh, sorry. Okay. Sorry. I thought you were being rude, Appalachian. Didn't mean to be rude back to you. All right. Um, the aid goes to the Ukrainians. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Because we've already got a video back from some troops at the front. Actually, I got a video back today. You can see it on TikTok. Some of the troops at the front that we bought the uh, the generator and the batteries for. Anyway, all right, I'm going by, guys. Talk to you later. Thank you all.